Hello and welcome to the IGDA Twin Cities Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Foss, and with me tonight is Tori Kamal. How's it going? And Jackie Urick. What's up? So the IGDA Twin Cities is a local uh, game developers group. We talk about uh, game, game development, and uh, kind of network and everything. It's been uh, real good. Uh, we'll start off tonight with uh, what we've been up to the last month. So anybody want to start? I know, Jackie, you've been mega busy. I know. Um, I'm actually talking to you live right now from Seattle, from um, Casual Connect and the IGDA Summit. So that's pretty exciting that I'm in my hotel room on the podcast and not at the aquarium party. But <laughs> Which note for all of our listeners, this is our first remote podcast. Yes, that's true. Um, but I do have to say that the uh, the IGDA summit was wonderful. It was um, Monday and Tuesday. What I really liked about it was that it was pretty um, intimate. There was like four tracks. The rooms were pretty small. So it was really easy um, to meet your fellow developers. And uh, my intern lives here. Uh, my social media intern lives here in Seattle. So it was really nice to be able to meet with her and um yeah I don't I it's pretty it's been pretty great so far so yay very cool <laughs> yeah the uh can you can you give like a little drop about what the whole summit is exactly yeah so the IGD summit it's um you know a, a place for game professionals to gather and learn from each other. What I really like about the sessions, um, you know, there was like an entrepreneurship uh, track, a monetization track, a QA track. And actually, I think it was the first all-day QA track of any game developer conference ever. So that was pretty cool. And then um, there's like writing and like production, community management sessions. Um, and it's really about learning from your peers. What I've noticed about the IGDA summit versus the sessions I've attended at Casual Connect is that the people presenting at the IGDA summit are really interested in like sharing their knowledge. Whereas several of the sessions that I attended today at Casual Connect are more about like telling me how awesome they were <laughs> or like trying to sell me something. Um, there were a few sessions that weren't like that, but um, it was much more noticeable with casual connect versus the summit. Hmm. So yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to the leadership forum this fall. So it's been good. Mm-hmm. And then other than that, you know, it's a business plan time. Um, my Minnesota cup business plan is due on Friday and I'll be flying back from Seattle on Friday. So, you know, no worries. It's, uh, it's how it goes. Do you have any, uh, follow-up status on those that, that, um, I know you, we'll get to it more a little bit, but you presented, uh, this last month at the IGA Twin Cities group meeting, you were the presenter. Um, and, and you outlined a little bit, I was just, you know, if you wanted to just quick um, say, you know, what the status is on those things that you were talking about last month. Yeah. So the Minnesota cup, it's a business plan competition, um, that uh, is a collaborative effort between the high tech association and a bunch of businesses and 
investors here in Minnesota and some outside of Minnesota, a lot of Fortune 500 companies, um, a lot of attorneys um, and CPAs and things like that. And uh, we are, my company, Cient, is a semifinalist in the high-tech division. So I'm competing with 10 other companies for $25,000 and a bunch of resources. So it's pretty exciting. So the next piece of, of the competition is a 20-page business plan. It cannot be more than 20 pages. And it is due um, at 11.59 on July 22nd. <laughs> <laughs> now, what time zone are we talking? Yeah. Central. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Were you uh, tempted at all just to make it into like a, a children's book with big pictures of like, <laughs> you know, people playing a game and then lots of money coming in? <laughs> you know, I wish I would have thought of that like before I started doing this. No, you know, the, the Twin Cities is a little more conservative. So, um, you know, it's the business plan is, is serious business kind of thing. So unfortunately, uh, no. I mean, the advice I had received from one of my advisors who lives in the Valley was like, you know, just put a 10... 10 slide PowerPoint deck together, make sure all of the money items are colored green and bold and, you know, call it a day. But, um, the Twin Cities, uh, the, the community there's not quite so, uh, you know, frothy. <laughs> It'd be really hard to know the audience, or at least for me to know what the audience is. I'm sure you're way more connected into that than I am, but I like the idea of me having to write a business plan and not know necessarily who to write it for. I'm just it uh, flabbergasted there. Oh, no, but they do actually. Um, so you do have an opportunity to meet the judges. There's actually several events, like networking events, that as a semifinalist you get invited to. And so you know who the judges are, and you do have an opportunity to meet with them So um, and introduce yourself and things like that. So it's not like you're just kind of throwing a plan out there. Shooting yeah, okay. Yeah, That's you, good. You know their bios and you know their background, and so, um, yeah. Okay. If you play cards right, you're not you don't you do kind of know your audience. So, so for future um, developers out there that might be listening, how do you go about getting into these contests? So the Minnesota Cup is annual, um, and the next one won't happen until next um, spring. So I think when did we? When did we submit our application? I think it's like in May, like May 1st, I think applications are due. Okay. Um, and then you find out in June if you're like the middle of June, if it's yay or nay. Well, close to the end of June, actually, because you really only have a month to write your business plan. Um, so that's annual. And then the whole process goes from you know, May to basically October if you make it past the semifinals. So we'll know in the middle of August if we're in the, if we're a finalist. And then we present in September. And then if the division winners um, then compete for like an overall winning, there's like six divisions. And then they can receive another $25,000 if you oh, cool. are the overall winner. So but you wouldn't, you don't know that until October. So it's okay. a really long process. Oh, time just flies though, still. 
I know. Well, this, I mean, these last two years have just kind of flown by. So it's, it's crazy. Definitely crazy. <laughs> All right. So Ryan, how about you? What you been up to? Oh my gosh. I've had uh, <laughs> an incredibly busy last month, actually. Um, I've been, uh, I've been playing a lot of games. Um, I know me and you, we were talking about uh, Fallout New Vegas and, and, mm-hmm. and you, I know you played it. Jackie, did you ever play the Fallout? three series or new vegas i played a little bit of fallout 3 but i didn't finish it i don't know what it is about that game but there's just something that really grabs me like i can't stop doing it it's like all it is is grind too i just grind for like three hours (laughs) um and and i go back to it again the next night um been playing a lot of that um yeah i think it's a pretty decent game i have come across some really strange bugs though i know that um it was sort of notorious when it got released for having some bugs in it. Mm-hmm. And some that I've seen are like creatures that just shoot out of the ground. <laughs> They'll like come screaming out of the ground. Or um, the one I'm seeing now is my companion. Will You can quick travel to somewhere else and I'll quick travel and then she'll run and, and run for like a minute trying to get where I was on the map. Oh, weird. <laughs> yeah. So she just sort of starts walking slowly and then just starts booking it. <laughs> and then, and then you know, I followed her once, like, where are you going? And then she turned around and came back. And I'm like, well, that's, <laughs> that must be what it's doing. I don't know for sure, but that's what it's doing. And the, the one that's happening now is, is when I, sometimes when I fast travel to places, I'll have to look at my inventory and I'll be missing things. Oh, and, weird. Yeah. And then I just save the auto, or I load the auto save in it my inventory will be back it's oh, very weird yeah there's doesn't some sound very fun no that's, it, that's a really irritating bug yeah it's been advantageous though because um it there's this other part of it where i like had four plasma rifles mm-hmm. but technically it only had me listed as one oh but, but they were all stacked on top of each other <laughs> so and there was so all the the weight restriction i didn't know this i'm like where'd my oh, rifle gotcha. where'd my rifle plasma rifle go because i went i had a, pl- a one that was like you know plussed up with the scope and stuff anyway so i'm like fine i'll just i must have lost it and so i went to sell it and i was able to sell three and then the fourth one was my good one i'm like well that's no. <laughs> that's interesting um so anyway long story short about fallout i'm looking forward to playing it some more tonight um i played a lot of that trenched game i think it's called trenched double fine made this like third person mech meets Hmm. tower defense game that was a lot of fun um i finished some uh freelance art for that pinball game i mentioned a while ago enzo's pinball so they they contracted us to do another level so we made a uh mobster mafia 1930s 40s-esque uh board with you know tommy guns and bullets and uh, zoot suits. Uh, so you have a better sales pitch this time? <laughs> a better sales pitch. Uh, it's still the same <laughs> game. I think the art's great. I actually yeah. really, really yeah. like the way that we do the art on that game, but um, I think it looks really good. Cool. Game's not that bad. For a pinball game on a phone, it's pretty decent. <laughs> there he is again. It's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so when we first got contracted for that way back when, I did. I, I tend to do a lot of research or just looking around, so I was researching like classic pinball games from the the olden days when i used to play like the, remember the pinball construction set i don't know if you mm-hmm. do or don't but it was this old really old like atari or not atari uh, commodore 64 era build your own pinball game thing 
Oh, okay. But it's got like a lot of love out there. And so I was researching that and running it on an emulator. And, and then I um, went to iPhone and iPhone is just full of these pinball games from anything from 3D to not 3D to, you know, really polished art, but crappy or really good. And it's just all over the place. And then Android, there was one pinball game. And now I think there's two <laughs> with ours being out there too. It's just sort of surprising. I, You know, I've... What I've found actually with a lot of these games, I, I may have spoken about this before probably, but none of them are good. The pinball games, there's something about the physics or the, the speed of the game that just it doesn't feel right. I don't know. I, but I haven't tried your game, so I can't, I, can't, uh, I can't say that for sure. Yeah, you should try it sometime just, just to see. Um, I think the physics out of a number of the ones I've tried, they're, they're pretty good in comparison. I, mm. I think that you know, we're top of the top 10% on pinball games that I've played in the mobile space, but gotcha. it's, it's, you know, a little bit too, is I, I like pinball, but I also really like it in the real world. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I love that too. I don't, the, the digital experience generally hasn't played all that well for me, even when I was in my younger ga- days and, uh, younger days and really liked, uh, computer games, the pinball games just didn't do it for me. Mm-hmm. And then, um, Let's see what else I've been up to. Oh, uh, the the bleeps. We're doing a lot of level okay. concepting. That's coming along. Cool. Um, a, uh, I've been. Oh my gosh, I've, I've been programming so much in Unity lately. Uh, it's just, it's been crazy. I'm really enjoying that. Um, I, I uh, spent the last couple nights making a uh, prototype of a game concept I had to, and hopefully I'll be able to share that soon. But very cool. Been pretty busy, yeah. How about you, Tori? What have you been up to? Um, I've been, uh, I'll probably sound a little bit like a broken record, but doing a lot of voice acting. Um, I think I may have nabbed a gig doing a, as a lead role for a, um, a book on tape. Not a book on tape. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, though. <laughs> I'm sounding like I'm from the 80s right now. But uh, just a you know, downloadable book where everything's read out and narrated and stuff like that. Um, and lots of uh, machinimas. Um, of course, doing lots of music for Soldak. That's uh, I really love that. And then actually today I um, was doing some consulting for an architectural firm. Then they're making um, they're helping a, a hospital uh, in town basically put together some game rooms and they're trying to concept some game stuff. So I was helping out with that, and it's for uh, for for young kids. So I was. That was a really cool experience, and oh, probably get to do a little more of that. So it was really enjoyable. That is super cool. Yeah, yeah. So I, you know, and it, it's obviously I love video games. I happen to <laughs> be doing a podcast for it, so that was such a treat to be able to throw my two cents in and um, try to keep it focused on what's best for the kids. <laughs> you know. Um, so yeah, is uh, that it's been good? Which uh, hospital is it, or don't, or don't you want to say right now? I don't. I don't want to say yet. Um, I. I don't know. There, there's no NDAs, but I just figured I'd keep it under wraps because I. I don't think it's been officially announced or anything like that. So. Sure. Um, well, um. So just it made me think. Have, have you guys heard of that? Uh, the Extra Life campaign. It's been going on for a number of years. It's no. where you. Uh, you basically say you're going to play video games for 24 hours. And, you know, it's instead of running a 5K or something like that, you play oh, okay. video games and then somebody donates for every hour you do it. Oh, that's cool. Um, you know, somebody gives you a dollar an hour or something like that. It's just sort of neat. That's the kind of marathon I'm willing to do. Yeah, yeah. it's cool. And and uh, 
Oh gosh, they raised so much money like the first year. It's been like three or four years, but I'll, I'll once once they start doing it, maybe we can form a little club or something. And I don't know. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, we've been talking about doing something like that for Girls in Tech, too, because, um, you know, the Child's Play um, Foundation, that's, uh, they, uh, there's a group of people that did, like, this Mass Effect weekend where they played through both Mass Effect 1 and 2 um, and raised, I think, like, $10,000 for Child's Play, which was pretty cool. And, um, yeah, we'd been talking about doing that, like, maybe next year for girls in tech, but I could see a joint girls in tech IGDA thing going on there. That'd be really cool. Yeah, it would be really cool. And this is not a dating service folks. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's for a good cause. <laughs> <laughs> Just putting that out there. No SD cards, no bowling. At is... all. And then somebody had to go. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to make a reference to, was that two ago or just one ago? The SD card. That was the last one, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Wait, I went last night, by the way, but nobody wanted nope. to talk about SD cards. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, well, see, the people in Seattle, they just don't have it going on. They got to come to the cities. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> oh, that's a tough joke for people. They had to listen to the two and a half hour podcast. To just catch that reference from last month. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's totally true. I didn't lead in with the joke about how we're going to review our last month's podcast and this month's podcast. <laughs> uh, like out of five SD cards or something like that. I don't know how do you, how do you, how do we do that? <laughs> yeah. Three out of five podcasts. Three out of five, yeah. <laughs> it's more like a micro SD card. A micro SD card. <laughs> um. In that uh, sort of charity thing, in game-related, I know that the there's a Ronald McDonald House something or other in, in Minneapolis, too, that, that is accepting game donations in regards to... Oh, that's cool. ...putting games in uh, the Ronald McDonald Houses for the kids that are in need or, or in... Ronald McDonald has, like, houses or rooms for children that are, you know, going to the hospice or whatever. I, I don't exactly know hospital, hospital... And I believe they're not accepting any Sonic remakes at all. Um. I was thinking about dropping off a, you know, a case of Duke Nukem forever. <laughs> uh, I'm sure they adhere to the uh, rating, yeah. the rating system. <laughs> oh, hilarious! All right, and, uh, anything else, Tori? No, that's it. That's it. All right. Um, well, I mean, you know, Jackie, I mentioned that you had. Uh, presented uh this last month um and if you could uh, i i don't have it in front of me what was the title of your presentation just so i don't get it wrong so i don't butcher it um well i it was just basically um games business in minnesota some resources that i was aware of that i wanted to share and some lessons that i learned along the way um starting up a, a business in minnesota so talked about that and um i i was surprised at um how interested people were in that i wasn't sure how a business a business focused session would go over considering we've been talking a lot about games not that that's bad or anything it, actually it's really cool like seeing what people are working on so um yeah it was pleasantly pleasantly yeah, surprised. Pe- people did really engage with that that's one of the most chatty meetings i think i've mm-hmm. been to 
um, yeah. which was awesome. People were definitely had a lot to say and had a lot of questions about it too. Yeah, yeah, there were so many questions. Um, so it was it was really cool, and I think um, we'll definitely kind of you know maybe think about doing a business meeting at least you know maybe once or twice a year I think you know because I think there's definitely a need for that I think that's a great idea so yeah I haven't uh I haven't sent you my slides yet which I apologize I don't have them on my computer here so you'll have to wait till I get back in town um okay yeah well well I haven't started (laughs) editing the video at all yet but we'll uh we'll see how it goes I know that towards the end of the meeting, I think you got tired of holding on to the remote, the microphone, so you put it away. I don't. I think I might end up cutting all that. So just a note to anybody who didn't make it to the meeting is that um, if the audio is really bad, I'm just going to cut it out of the video, so you're not even going to see some of that stuff at the <laughs> end. <laughs> and and I ran out of tape. You just plain old ran oh. me out of tape uh, uh. during the meeting. So. Well, Ryan, you could do some ADR. ADR. Yeah. Audio digital recording. Oh, that's where you put uh, additional dialogue in there. Oh, okay. Yeah, like <laughs> dubbing. I dub it on afterwards yeah. in, my best, yeah. in my best Jackie voice. Yep, yeah. <laughs> There's got to be an app for that, right? Like like a Jackie Rig voice or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> you got to make sure that you when you say ocean, you say Because oh, apparently it's really funny. <laughs> 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 or soda. <laughs> soda. Oh, you don't. Oh, you got to say pop. I mean, no, I'm this from is Twin Cities. We call it soda there. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I've been living in Minnesota too long. People are thinking that I grew up there or something. So I've got the accent. <laughs> is there a difference between Minnesota and Wisconsin accent? Well, I grew up near Chicago. So oh. we don't have like the long vowels that we do there. Gotcha. Or do in the Twin Cities. Oh, That's... I know. I have a story for you guys. Like ah. it's kind of related to it. And I'm just going to tell it now. So <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. on the elevator on Monday at the hotel here. And uh, the floor below me, this guy gets on the elevator, and the first thing I notice, like, he's got his sunglasses on and, like, a scarf and stuff, and... and uh, Corey Hart. This is, like, he's got a lot of a lot of cologne on, but it smells really good. Like, I mean, he smells really good, and I was like, oh, wow, this guy smells really good. And then um, as we're leaving the hotel, I accidentally, like, slammed the door in his face. I didn't realize he was behind me, and he follows me across the street, and opens the door for me at the hotel where the the summit <laughs> is, and it turns out it's Levar Burton, and I totally feel like oh wow <laughs> because I totally <laughs> slammed the door in his face, and I didn't even mean to like <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> so that was my brush away. with fame story <laughs> he's from the future, so he should have been able to see that coming. You know, I don't know just. I'm just putting that out there. True. He's well True. read. <laughs> <laughs> Virtual rainbow of books. <laughs> oh, God. So did I'm you sorry. actually talk to him at all, or you just shared some space with him? 
I didn't actually speak to him. Um, he's going to be at that party at the aquarium tonight. He did some speaking. I, I also missed his keynote because I had a meeting to go to. But, um, yeah, uh, so I haven't actually interacted with him at all. I am following him on Twitter now, though. <laughs> so that's my... I don't know. I mean, what do you say? I'm really weird yeah. about that kind of stuff. It's like, because I don't want to, like, fangirl, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like, because I think people get tired of that after a while. Like they yeah. don't, so I'm trying to be respectful, but by slamming doors on people's faces, yeah. that's how I, Maybe it was refreshing, I respect though. people that, <laughs> yeah. that I admire and just yeah, slam them in your face. Yeah. I've had that same <laughs> feeling and I keep this little mental list of, Oh, if I run into that person, this is what I'm going to mention. And I try to make it some like ridiculous thing. So like, uh, it'd be something they did or, or thought was forgotten, you know, I'm trying to think of a good example, but it'd be like, um, Say uh, Sean Connery and mentioning Zardoz. Like, <laughs> yeah. You were in Zardoz, you know. He's known for a thousand other things that are better. <laughs> to, to mention the one that. Well, you were in that Pizza Hut commercial. <laughs> like, and I'm sure Sean Connery would be like trying to forget the whole Zardoz thing and that awful outfit that he mm. has to wear or whatever. And then you've ended up like dredging up all of that stuff that he's been repressing and then he freaks out and like goes on a rampage it could be bad ryan you might not want to do that well the the good thing going for me is i'm never going to meet him <laughs> well now he's gonna you're gonna run into him tomorrow now that you've said that like that's how it's gonna work ryan you had a problem with my outfit <laughs> for god's sakes man that was my singular idea for the movie <laughs> sorry about that that's pretty good. <laughs> awesome. All right. Um, well, I guess you covered a lot of stuff in your, your presentation, Jackie. I can't necessarily remember or focus on any one thing. I, th I thought that the, um, the, the some of the just comparing, you know, like Minnesota and it's sort of like game benefits or incentives or whatever compared to other states. I thought that was really interesting. Like how. Um, yeah. Or countries for that matter. Just yeah. how we stack up. And it, for cashbacks of, of anything from investors or whatever to, uh, you know, paying people. Yeah. Um, since that presentation, I have discovered that Alabama just passed a bunch of incentives, too. But I don't really want to live in Alabama. Yeah. So. So, so what can, like, developers in their community do to have impact on that stuff, you know? Um, that's a great question. I mean, one of the one of the things I recommend is like, you know, as I said in the presentation, it's like networking in tangential communities. So the High Tech Association is a really great way to network. Um, and by what I mean by network is like just it's more like just, you know, sitting at the table, so to speak, where they see that there's oh, now there's like so the conquer guys network in that area a little bit and then we network in that area a little bit but then you get a couple more developers networking in that area and then as they start to see more um developers you know just kind of as they're doing their day-to-day -day kind of meetings and stuff like as they see more of us like they go oh there's some industry here and then they start making laws that um affect us favorably i mean in Canada, they have lobbyists and, and groups like um, DigiBC is the group that really um, affects change 
for the province. And it's a consortium of business owners and they, you know, they know people in the government and they say, hey, we're here. This is a good fit for this province and you should give out some incentives to keep the momentum going. Okay. Yeah, you, well, you're you're kind of saying you know you gotta sort of be there first in order for it to to impact, which which of course makes sense. Um, it, it'd be nice to say you know more of that, put some pressure to make it happen. Otherwise, but um, that's of course very much, I would assume much harder. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Like um, the incentives are supposed to either keep people or attract people, but yet in order to get incentives, sort of there needs to be something there to promote. If I yeah. saw that right. But yeah, it's a chicken and the egg kind of thing. Yep. Sure. But the thing of it is, oh my gosh, there are so many sirens right now. I'm hoping, can you hear all that stuff? You might want to cut it out. Actually, it's kind of cool because okay. <laughs> it, he wants it's, to pull out his first... audio recorder. Yeah. <laughs> Well, no, it's our first remote location, so it's cool that there's outside influences. I like yeah. that, actually. It's our first re remote yeah. one, and, like, apparently the world's coming to an end, and yeah. we're all, all going to die. Like, <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to hear this after he's edited it. There'll be helicopters taking off in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, so, yeah, it's a chicken and egg problem. Um, in order, you know, like, with, what part creates the momentum, but... The fact of the matter is, in the Twin Cities, there's already a number of small companies. We're just a little disorganized. And so, it in some ways, we already have the egg. So, it just needs yeah, to add. Which, which, you know, is a great point to make that, that with regards to the networking and the IGDA group, you know, itself is, is a way to, to sort of bring that together to some extent. I don't necessarily know how other states and the small companies or large companies, for that matter, are are organized or not, but it would be nice to see some of that, uh, the networking there. Yeah. Well, and the other piece too is like, we don't have a bunch of big studios. So, you know, the corporate -y big studio types, they already have biz dev people that, and, and other types of executive level people that work with, um, the government you know, to encourage, I mean, that's, that's where our R&D yes. credit comes from is not because of the game industry. It's because 3M said, if you don't help us with R&D, we're going to move everything to India. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's and, like, well, they can put that kind of pressure on. It just so happens that that R&D credit helps us too, right? Inadvertently. Sure. So. Which is a good thing. But, right. but like you say, it came from a giant corporation, but it works for the little guy too. <laughs> Right. Well, that's what's nice about it now is that it, it does it for a while. It didn't. But now it does also work for the little guy. So that's what's cool. But I mean, when you don't have a 3M or um, a Cargill or, you know, a General Mills or whatever, um, or EA or Ubisoft or whatever, like putting pressure on the government, it's more about visibility to all of us little guys to show that, hey, there's some momentum here in the community and that um, it would, it's a good fit for the future of Minnesota mm -hmm. economically. Or just the entertainment industry in general here. Right, yeah. I mean, I, I, 
I mean, that's why Canada is doing, you know, so much to push for that. It's like they're trying to move away from their raw materials and manufacturing economy and move into this more, you know, knowledge worker economy. Mm-hmm. And they've been doing a really good job of we could we could definitely learn from them. Those crazy Canadians. <laughs> Take off, Ozer, eh? <laughs> yeah. that's best, best time. Hey, that's pretty good. One other thing I thought was really interesting about your presentation was how you talked about using um, ads to see what impact they had. Oh, yeah. Yes. That was, oh, yeah, that was really interesting. Yeah. The, the statistician in me really wants to see numbers, but that idea <laughs> I really like. It makes me just want to go out there and just make the most ridiculous ads and see which ones get traction and which ones don't. It'd be like a fun little $5 a day experiment. Well, it turns right. out that, that, that puppies and dinosaurs gets more hits than... <laughs> 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 on a Tuesday, but anyway, I thought that was pretty you, interesting. You know, I have a I have a feeling that that game Evany probably did that. Have you ever seen? Oh yeah. Like ads for the like it's just like some scantily clad woman, and that's it. And they're like, so that's all I do now, and it has nothing to do with that whatsoever. Yes. But uh, actually, somebody did a case study on that. Um, not in the game industry, outside of the game industry, actually. Um, maybe like two years ago, I want to say, I was at a conference um, around search engine marketing, actually, and uh, and someone had done a case study on all those Ebony ads and how they used to look versus like what they look like now. And I mean, they totally look like escort services or something, <laughs> yeah. um, not a video game, but... And the other piece of information that was interesting about that was that a large percentage of females actually play that game, Mm. but they probably don't find it through the ads. Like, and that the actual, um, while the click-through rate is higher with the scantily clad women, like people are more willing to click on the ad, they don't convert. So the conversion rate is really low regardless. So were they doing both still? Oh. I don't know what they do now, but um, they at the time they had pretty much just gone completely to the the scantily clad. But I, you know, I did see some that weren't that some that looked like game type things. Mm. Um, when was that? Maybe like six months ago, when I was on a site, I happened to see some ebony ads that weren't like escorts. <laughs> yeah, it totally has yeah. that vibe about it. <laughs> but you know, I, I I just want to say I really appreciated the um, the presentation too because the business side of things it's it's such a for me and I think for a lot of people it's such a mystery too and it doesn't get brought up nearly enough and it's so important to stay in business. Uh, I mean, obviously, even just launching is <laughs> difficult, but staying in business and changing your business model or adapting. Um, it's so important to the industry right now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and actually, um, here at the summit, that's really what they've been talking about. It's like the future feels so uncertain for so many companies because business models and technology and, um, modernization are all changing so rapidly and Mm -hmm. like previous learnings don't feel like they apply to current learnings. And there's a lot of, um, you know, uh, one of the one of the big things is scaling across multiple platforms. So, like Zynga can scale 
you know, in social networks, but nobody's really figured out how to like scale between mobile and web and PC mm-hmm. and social like all together. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's where we're going to be seeing a lot of stuff in the future. But I think it's important for like, even if you don't feel like you're a business person to understand a little bit about how the game industry works so that you don't get screwed over or taken advantage yeah. of, you know, because um, in talking with other devs, um, well, even I had a conversation at, at the party last night with a guy who was like, well, I'm just going to be a sole proprietor. I don't even need an LLC. And I'm like, well, what happens if you get sued? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> what are you going to do? You know, because they can go after your personal stuff if you mm-hmm. don't. You know, it, it doesn't cost very much to set up an LLC or, you know, so it's like just understanding the risks that you're getting into if you're going to freelance and things like that. Um, it's really important. Well, well, before we move on, I did want to give a, a shout out quick to the uh, the students that presented at the beginning of the meeting. Yeah. As well, yeah, they uh, the four students from the Minnesota School of Business, right? Yes. Uh, they, their game design degree there. Uh, four students presented their would you call was it a senior senior thesis so to speak or, or yeah yeah um, so they presented this sort of like it's called galactic destroyer or something like that uh, essentially it's planet versus planet firing missiles and dodging around asteroids and gravity plays a role it was it was pretty interesting actually to see their input from the experience yeah from from their point of view and presented to us so I know I've seen a number, a couple of those uh, guys around before. So, and they yeah. were um, students of a of another normal attendee there. Uh, we used to have our meetings actually at the Minnesota School of Business. That's right. And uh, one of the, the professors there attends quite often. Pete, Pete, Border. Pete Best. Or, oh my God, Pete. Is it, is it Best? Is it yeah. Best? My Pete. Border. Pete Border. Yeah. Border. Pete Border. Oh. All right. I, so that was really interesting. It's nice to see that what they had done. I was a little surprised that they used the um, the dark SDK. Um, is is that right? You guys, I think that's what they said they used. Uh, I don't. I wasn't. Didn't you? Haven't even heard of that before, actually. Yeah, I wasn't familiar with that either. I I had heard of it, but I also but had re, but had kind of put it in that sort of like outdated category. Sure. Um, I I don't necessarily know. I mean, they were talking about. They had mentioned in the presentation the the troubles they had actually with it being a little bit behind with regards to using DirectX nine instead of ten or something like mm-hmm. that. But that I want to. But that even I want to say is is old. Um, but I thought that was kind of interesting. They did talk a lot about um, the design there and who did what. And and you know speaking from experience because I do have a, a game programming degree from uh, DeVry, an online degree. My, my senior project was, was just ridiculous. And <laughs> these these guys would have been rock stars in my classes. So, <laughs> um, so I was pretty impressed with that. My, yeah. my uh, stuff I've seen at Brown at the portfolio shows, I mean, what they what they presented was really, it looked really good and, and it was really playable and it was kind of fun. And yeah, I was really impressed. Yeah, the, the opinion... Like I've been asked numerous times um, from people on the internet regarding like my blog and stuff, they'll find it like if I think like a DeVry school is right for them. And my my response normally with a game game gaming degree is don't do it 
go for computer science. That's that's my opinion of it. But I'm very jaded by the experience that I got. But um, I think that like a general degree would be much better than a specific gaming degree because you could do computer science, get the programming background, and yet do gaming in programming. But trying to specifically and gaming is or I'm sorry, programming is much more broad in the job marketplace than just gaming. But but there's there's something to be said for the even just the networking that's going to happen, um, which doesn't seem like it should be a, a big plus. But you know, it's it's sort of like, and and I'll agree with you there too, is to not necessarily deny it. I would say that the point I'd want to make is in an online degree, mm-hmm. I don't oh, think it's good. Oh, I see what you're saying. Right, and this their presentation changed my mind a lot to see that an experience like this could be very valuable in 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 a personal you know, like for exactly that reason you mentioned is you're engaging with people in real life instead of just logging in once in a while to chat with them in a sure. email or something. Um, uh, I, I see your distinction now. I, I wasn't catching that before, but I got you. Right. Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't make it that clear, but it's, it's sort of like, um, you know, film school, you'll end up with a lot of these, uh, groups of comedians or something together like that, that oftentimes, like, I don't know if you know what the state is, the state mm-hmm. was on in the nineties and those guys were all in film school together. Oh, okay. And they're cool. still doing stuff together. And when they talk about it, they talk about when they met at film school. And they tell you, don't go to film school. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. So just wanted to give them a shout out. I, I enjoy those little presentations like that. People were really interested in asking a lot, them a lot of questions too, mm-hmm. um, which was good. All right. So <laughs> back in podcast episode five... Um, we talked about how the IGDA responded to the Amazon app market's term of service. And that was a few months ago. So I, I kind of looked into it to see if there was any like additional stuff. And additionally, I'd seen um, somebody posted a, like a blog about their experience with the Amazon market app, the Amazon app market. And um, with the summit that, that Jackie's at right now, um, some news came out of it as well as from one of the SIG chairs. So I guess um, you guys. What see is the SIG? What's a SIG chair? Um, the SIGs are special interest groups, so that's what SIG stands for. Gotcha. So there's, um, you know, an indie SIG. There's a mobile SIG. There's a women in game SIG. There's accessibility. There's, I mean, whatever, whatever your particular interest is. There's probably a special interest group. There's a serious games. Um, yeah, the, the games. This was the uh, mobile SIG, the head of the gotcha. mobile SIG, Kevin Dent. Um, he got quoted from the um, the the International Game Developers Association. Let's see. Yeah, so Kevin's stance is that uh, you know Angry Birds is more. It's an exception, um, not a rule, but he feels that like the that Amazon is is more around um, thinking everybody's like Angry Birds when mm-hmm. most people aren't really making any money off of their games. Now, that is to say part of the problem with that is it's not necessarily Amazon's fault that they're not making money off of their mm-hmm. games either. I mean, some people are just not designing or pricing their games in a way that would um, help them make money or marketing their games outside of the App Store or anything like that. So... Um, well, I think 
you even mentioned it in your presentation is that, that if you build it, they won't necessarily come. And I think that mm-hmm. that, mo- right. that that mobile market thing, a lot of people thought if they just built it and put it out there that they, they'd be rolling in it like angry birds. Right. Yeah. And I mean, that's true for any product, right? Yes. It's like you can't, yep. it is the crazy, crazy, crazy exception. Um, it's like not even probably 1% of all products will get like, you know, Minecraft or Angry Birds, or, you know, just kind of, and even, even Minecraft, it had been around for a while before it had taken off like it did. So mm-hmm. it took some time to build up that momentum. But um, people always see the momentum and they don't see what went into building the momentum. And so they think that they could just put something out there. But the app stores in particular, um, you know, they're really crowded. Like all the mobile stuff is is getting more and more crowded every day. And it's harder to get um, some differentiation. So part of it's timing, part of it's pricing, part of it's um, the quality of your game. And how you're letting people know about it. Right. Now, have they changed, has Amazon changed any of their terms at all? Or is it still the same? Um, I looked into it, and no, I don't think they have. I don't think they've responded at all to the IGDA, actually. Um, And I think I actually, you know, hats off to the IGDA for pointing it out. Um, And and some interesting news did come out of it, and there's a little bit of a story here. Um, So there's this small it turns out it's a swedish game uh, mm. mobile game company called a uh, uh, bithack i think and um they they made this game called um they made this game called apparatus and apparatus is this sort of like physics puzzly game where you've got blocks and balls and you got to move the ball with the physics of the world acting on the ball in order to get it into you know a cup and it, it's you know pretty the complexity of a simple simple game is kind of neat in that regard, mm-hmm. but but they posted this blog post about how and why they decided to pull from the Amazon App Store, and this got a lot of buzz. So I don't know if you guys saw it or not, but it, it was yeah. on it was on a number of the um, you know the different tech feeds basically, and and sort of not surprising because it it was in direct response to the Amazon App Store, so. And I think that might be why it's it brought up some more news actually recently. But um, he had he had a number of complaints and and he pointed out some good stuff too. And and one of the things was that I hadn't realized was that Amazon how it differs from the Amazon market, or I mean the the Android market. So the Android market is as long as you pay, you can put your game out there. There's nobody that tests it right, and mm-hmm. you're just basically feeding it to the wolves. And whereas in the Amazon app market, they they do a you know like a couple week testing and they do a review process and all this stuff. So the idea there, you know, is you're going to get a better quality game out of that system, maybe, right? Maybe. Um, and it's sort of like the Apple model of you know it needs to be reviewed and make sure it works and everything. Um, so it gives the, the impression that it's. I don't you, like I don't know if you, you feel this way, but I feel that the Amazon app market has this impression of being better quality games. Do you guys get that feeling? Like yeah. they're trying to sell well, it that way? Amazon's trying to maintain their own reputation. Right. right. And I th- actually, you know, I, I think that's really great because you can get rid of the stupid stripper puzzle games and all the stuff that's always <laughs> listed in the top releases. Mm-hmm. On, I mean, open your Android now and look at the top releases mm-hmm. and I guarantee you there's a stripper puzzle game on there. 
Um, <laughs> one of these dumb little stupid apps. Yep. So anyway, uh, they went on with discussing like how why they pulled from the Amazon App Store, and one of the problems was that it took them a long time to even just review the game. It took them two weeks, and then they failed review, and then it took another week after they fixed it, and then once it actually hit the market, it was completely hidden. Like they don't mm-hmm. even they don't have a, a just in section on like on Android, which even I don't even think the just in section is even that good. It's like like I said, it's just whatever apps happen to turn up in the last you know hour, yeah. and and that's not a that's not a good judgment at all. Um, you know, like the the. The Apple model, I think, is even a little bit better. Is what's hot this week, kind of thing, you know. But um, the Amazon market apparently doesn't have that. And it, uh, at, at the time, he quoted that the new releases section was the top rated. Um, then let's see. Well, you know what else was interesting, and I don't know if this is different for other sites as well, but it was saying there was no device filter, so you could uh, buy a game. The developers have, you know, full well said this game won't run or won't be appropriate for this device, but it's still, you can still buy it. It just won't run. Um, yes. Yeah, so I know that's... Oh, go ahead. The, the, well, we had actually with Deadly Chambers um, on in the Android market, we, we had some experience with that because you, you get to say what's the minimum requirements. Not necessarily mm-hmm. phones. You can't say that, but you can specify oh, okay. requirements. So the min requirements of, of the device has to be such and such, right? Mm-hmm. And and that can relate to a whole bunch of different stuff. But but when that game come, came out, the the Droid was just released, the first Droid, and we weren't showing up on the Droid because they actually had a bug in there. They fixed that though. But I mean, oh, okay. they had a bug in the way it was listed, and that it wasn't listing as the appropriate amount of memory or something like that. That's so that right. device wasn't on the on the list. But but that is exactly why you know that stuff is there is so that you can say well if you don't have a GPU, say, for instance, or you have a phone that doesn't have the right OS, right. Um, you can't see this thing at all. And apparently that the app market doesn't do that. So, yeah, Apparatus, in that case, he was getting reviews from devices that had purchased or downloaded his game, yet um, it, wouldn't, it doesn't even run or open. And he's like, well, no surprise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. a 3D physics game on a mobile device, and, <laughs> and they, they, can't, they can't apparently, um, you know, filter that at all so and one one thing i thought was very interesting though this isn't just some like little app developer out there that, that's complaining he actually was an uh, an uh he was a app of the day free app of the day oh that's right that's right so we got one hundred and eighty thousand downloads on his app of the day day and that's one of those things we were talking about before you know two months ago that i hadn't really realized is that um, that app of the day thing, you know, that whole, the, the strategy that the Amazon terms of service gives you is so that mm-hmm. they can make your app free sure, and then give you the, some money at least for it. So I think it was 20% of your list price or something like that as a minimum. So, but even in this case, if, it, if he, his app is listed at $2 and it was downloaded 180,000 times for free at 20% of two dollars, that's still thirty six thousand dollars. No, that's that's uh seventy two thousand dollars. That's nothing to frown at, right? Yeah, but that's not probably what you budgeted for in your estimates. 
So depending on like what other stuff they did, I mean that just maybe made their customer acquisition costs like way higher. Yeah, I, you know I can't really say, but um, yeah, he went on to to say that where Amazon App Market truly failed him was that there's no good way to respond to reviews, there's no good way for customers to communicate with him, mm-hmm. and and there's no way for him to do refunds and and stuff like this of good fortune and or good. Uh, will with his customer base and he just he ended up with one paranoid review that you know said that this app is tracking you and stealing your data and you can't play it if you're not on the internet and that got pegged as most helpful and somebody commented out on how thanks for this post i was going to buy it and decided not mm. to and he couldn't do anything about it and you know that, that sucks for him and it mm-hmm. you know he couldn't respond and say anything not that you really can on the uh Android market either, but you can do your own comments and you can contact them through because okay. yeah, so you can you can do that. Um, and I guess at the same time, once he got this negative review, they got super pumped up. Amazon decided to drop his price from you know the list price to half off, you know, without contacting him. Yeah, and he he just you know bailed on it. He um. Well, and this is the other important piece is like, you know, taking advantage of multiple channels. So if, you know, if you're going to build something for Android, you might as well build it for iOS or some other um, OS because, you know, this kind of stuff happens. And at least if the Android thing tanks, like you still have an opportunity to to make some money somewhere else. So right. uh, don't put all your eggs in one basket, so to speak. Right. And he was still, he was still in the Android market. I mean, he was in the Android market and the Amazon app market. There's nothing that says you can't be in both. Um, the only thing is the Amazon one, the pricing, you can't be cheaper than the Amazon, I guess, in their terms of service. Right. And you can't, and there, there's something, if I recall something about you, you can't have um, any kind of, I guess this wasn't confirmed, but it was just a way I was interpreting it as saying you can't have like proprietary marketing schemes with other places for the same app or something like that. Um, but I may have been reading too far into that. But like the individual content where, like the, I think the example I gave a couple times ago was like, you know, like you create, you get a special icon for this game or you get a special character for, um, releasing on the Amazon market and a special different character for releasing on uh, the Android market and one for Verizon's Vcast market. Yeah. So the way I was reading it, you couldn't do that. It had to be all the same or something like that. But I could be wrong. I wonder. I mean, you know, that stuff sort of annoys me, but it's also like very pivotal to a lot of the stuff because every place has it. Best Buy, GameStop, you know, mm-hmm. they all have yeah. their special little difference. It's the same game. You know, the the Fallout New Vegas I got came with a special thing wherever I ordered it that I got a grenade launcher and some special armor to start. Mm, but, sure. But I, honestly, I had to type in this 16-digit code. I said, forget it. Yeah. I'm just not going to bother. But uh, but then, you know, for some things like uh, an Xbox might have an Xbox character for a particular fighting game that might be in there. Like it Go might ahead. have a Halo, like yep. a Halo fighter, and then the PS3 version might have a God of War character, and then the the Wii version might have Link. So, I mean, 
if that's cutting that out, I mean, I think that's kind of a shame. And Yeah, I'll agree there. Um, but uh, I don't know if that's true or not. That's just how I read it, but I could be wrong. But I, I just don't like being creatively constrained, constrainted, constrained. <laughs> there's English. <laughs> yeah, there's a word. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I'll have to look into it cl- closer. But I, I think, you know, Amazon hasn't changed their ways in regards. Um, I, I, you know, don't necessarily think they have to either. Mm-hmm. Um, this de- this developer that posted this, um, he, his conclusion was, well, I don't understand why anybody would post on the Amazon app market. But, I mean, you know exactly why people do it. It's mm-hmm. because it is one of those outlets for money, you know, right. and you may be turning down money if you don't, if you're not there. I mean, right. it's not necessarily, you know, I'm one of those people that has both, but I rarely look at the Amazon one. I rarely look at the Android app market. And half the time, if I look on it on Amazon, I'll, I go and look at, see if it's on the app market because that's better integrated with my phone anyway. Yeah. Um, I don't know. So, you know, me, I, like for Deadly Chambers, I was pushing Rob to, to get into the into the, uh, the uh, Amazon thing early, but he wasn't that interested, probably because of the terms of service. But you can uh, Verizon has their own app market now that you may want to check out the Vcast, which they'll get they'll be actually be getting a a certain amount of people there because um, Pocket Legends, which is the biggest MMO on Android, uh, I might be an iPhone too. But they they're making another one that's betaing through the Vcast, so you can only try it out through Vcast. So okay, there'd be it may drive some people there. Who knows? Well, it's kind of like Angry Birds Rio. You could only get yep. it through the Amazon yeah. App Store. I don't know if that's still true or not, but no, was... you, you can get it for everything now. Right. Okay. Well, the 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 sad thing is, like, as a website that sells stuff, I've always kind of liked Amazon mm-hmm. because I've liked. Like the you people who've bought this have also bought stuff. Yeah, like it was a really yeah. great way to find music or books. It was really mm-hmm. great, and you know, and the other stuff that it's expanded to, it's not doesn't really apply. But that idea in games, I thought would be really good. Yeah, but you know, I I don't I really don't like using it on the phone. I don't know. It, yeah, it's always slow and ugly, and I don't know. Anyway, enough about that. <laughs> well, I was thinking too, you know, another thing that you could do as part of your strategy is you can you can do all your exclusives somewhere else and then later release on the Amazon Amazon App Store. You know, you just time it differently. True. Rather True. than trying to do them all at the same time. True. Yeah. So I mean there there's like some strategies maybe to to get around that. So then your Amazon revenue would just be kind of like cake and you don't care. Sure. Sure. If, uh, if they reduce the price or not. Yeah, that's exactly where I am with with in regards to Deadly Chambers, you know, as it's a trickle now, it, it putting it out on the Amazon app market seems like a smart move. Yeah, it's it's funny cuz uh it goes. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'll, I'm going to push on him again. Um, and I can understand. He just wants to be done with it, right? But and, well, we already have it. It works. Like, yep. why not just... I mean, that, that work a, isn't exciting, and it's not a guarantee, you know? But, right. And he's probably got a lot of other stuff he's doing, you know, pushing otherwise. So adding one more thing on the plate sometimes can really wear you out. I understand why he doesn't want to. But I, I think that if the money's there, 
if the game's all ready to go, it, it doesn't hurt to have another stream, another option. So, especially when there's probably not that many apps on it yet. Yeah, I mean, when I when it first opened, I'm like, we got to get on here. But, I mean, if it if he could be an app of the day, and if it really would mean thirty six thousand dollars for him, I think yeah. he'd jump at that. So, yeah, um, or seventy two thousand dollars or whatever it was. I'm gonna have to do my math. It doesn't seem right. It's seventy two. I think you're right. I think you're right. Anyway, so, um, well, there's one other thing I wanted to talk to you guys before we close, and that was the, um, the, the, the idea of us as a community and working together, sort of free time stuff. And, um, one of the, like, years ago, there used to be a semi-active forum for the IGDA, not really active, but somewhat, and there was some communications going around and chatting outside of it. And I think, you know, the, the social networking of Facebook and Twitter has probably overrun that. But um, I know that we had had some community projects have started and stopped. And Tori, I knew you were involved with one. And I don't yeah. think it ever came to fruition. Um, I, I, if I remember right, I loved the I, I really loved the idea. It was Chuck Norris punching dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. I, I, I've always been interested in this, this community project concept. And I've tried it before with... Um, small groups of people doing filmmaking back when I was doing filmmaking mm. and animation and stuff. And I, and I'm wondering if, if, if it could work in a game development or not. You know, it, it could. And we, we actually get, we got pretty far and um, we actually, there's a, there's a demo on IndieDB. I mean, it's like a super, super alpha, pre alpha beta alpha demo, but you know, you can actually move around and punch dinosaurs Um but you know the one of the biggest challenges for community projects is the pipeline and and leadership and it, when you when it's a volunteer thing you can't really you can't really crack a whip and uh, cuz you know it's supposed to be fun and as people come and go it's really hard to manage assets and who's got what and who is are we waiting for this person to do this or should we assign it to somebody else so it's tricky um i think the best way to do that would be to have some check-in check-out system and you, you still you need someone to, to helmet that's all they do is helmet so that's a that's really important but i absolutely can and i think we reached too far for a for a community project for the first first time in a while uh we should have set our goals much much smaller i think but uh, i think it's a great idea and it it's in a state that could be picked up and worked on in the future too so all right well, I know when you guys had started it up, I had an interest, and in um, I know you had tried to recruit me too. I, it was in the middle of like I was going to school, and sure, there was yeah. just no way I could have fit it in. And but and then you know when I finished school and everything, that it kind of uh, disappeared a little bit. But yeah, and it, was that all just people from the IGATC, or was it some people that not involved at all with it? You know, it was there. Um, there was one person that that uh wasn't from the IGDATC if i'm remembering correctly but he was actually in the process of moving to the cities so he was going to uh, become it but uh, he never actually ended up contributing to it okay so it was if i recall correctly all IGDATC Jesse was the exception um but he was formerly IGDATC yeah he moved away <laughs> so so i i'm cool with uh calling it an IGDATC project okay yeah, I, uh, <laughs> just real interested in 
if it can even happen or not. Because, okay, every project, like, there's this really fun phase, which is the let's discover, let's talk, let's come up mm-hmm. with ideas, right? That's really fun. Oh, it's punch, Chuck Norris punching a dinosaur. Mm-hmm. You know, and what if the guts fell out and you climb inside it? You know, <laughs> not that your game does that. But, I mean, that stuff's really fun to talk about. And then when it comes right. to implementation, you know, where the rubber hits the road, is it, yeah. it becomes a different thing. And, and I'm wondering if, like, sort of like where your game is now is sort of where most community projects would end is sort of just in a alpha or not. And, um... Well, what's the overall goal of the community project? Just to have fun on the side. Yeah, it wouldn't be... I, it could, I guess, be made to have, you know, a goal otherwise. Um, I, uh, back when I was doing animation and filmmaking, I was involved. I actually got uh, a producer credit on a indie film that somebody made because I just got involved and helped a lot and and he gave me a, a credit. And that was, I would say it was a community project because it was extremely low budget and he employed volunteers on the internet with with a, a percentage kind of thing, like a, a small percentage of any profits that would happen, but with sure. a stipulation saying that probably not going to be any, any profit. Um, it was this, <laughs> I'll have to lend it to you guys sometimes if you care, but it's a Star Trek knockoff. Sure. It's you know it's got the android and the the telepathic girl the whole bit. It's pretty funny, but um, but that was obviously for that guy's. He's he was vesting his money in it, so I'm not sure what the community project in your case was. I think was just for like side interest, right? It was, and and we we did kind of have aspirations to try to make it marketable game at some point, Um, but the biggest thing was to try to make a demo, nice solid demo. We didn't quite get there. But um, yeah, I mean, I learned I learned so much from it. I really did. And um, yeah, it's tricky. It's tough. It's tough. I, I know it can work on, yeah. on stuff. I'm just wondering if, if we could do it. So what's some, some things I'm wondering if, if we could promote one, a good way to, to do it in the group. And I'm wondering... Well, A, if there's any interest in, and B, ways of actually communicating and, and leading it, so to speak, or, or letting people be involved. I know that, it, again, in my experience with the film and the animation and stuff, is momentum is one of those things that you really got to keep going. And you mentioned that you need a leader, and you need that leader to keep that, that momentum going. And, yeah, you need uh, yeah. Liz. Liz is <laughs> at that. She's... She gets stuff done. <laughs> but you also have to have people that respond to it, you know. Mm-hmm. But, oh, and, no, you know, and if we'll keep you in line, like you will respond. Just trust me. <laughs> She's really good at that. <laughs> yeah, it can actually backfire, too. I, um, I helped this comic book guy in New York do some stuff oh, 10 years ago. And, uh, he he got this group of us and we sort of all knew each other and we were doing these things and two guys walked away because the guy was just a complete dick. And and I eventually, he called me while I was on like vacation for a weekend and he's like, you're supposed to let me know. And I'm like, dude, I don't work for you. <laughs> <laughs> you're not paying me anything. If you pay, then I'll care. I'll talk to you when the weekend's over. Goodbye. That's crazy. No, Liz, yeah. isn't, Liz isn't like that. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, I, it would require, you know, somebody to, to step up, I guess, and, and be a, 
a head on it. I, I, I'm, I've talked to Zach. I'm planning on presenting a little something at the beginning of the next meeting, um, whatever that might be, the, the, the uh, um, August presentation. Um, it's, it hasn't been set yet, but I'm going to be presenting a little something at the beginning about you know, a community project, basically to see if anybody's interested, sort yeah. of start the ball rolling to see if, if anybody out there is, is interested at all. Um, and, you know, you may raise a good point, Jackie, is, you know, what's the point? Um, and I guess from a student standpoint, it'd be learning and be involved for portfolio. From experience standpoint, it could be just, you know, being involved just in general with the community. I'm not, you know, to help with networking. I know that I'm better at networking if it's sort of project oriented at times. So, so are you uh, thinking that you'd want to have it more like a... Uh... Uh, kind of an IGDA sponsored kind of thing or um I don't know I, I it all depends I the, the way I was thinking about it is just that the IGDA would be like an outlet for it is that every meeting maybe groups could present the status of their project you know or they'd have milestones that correspond with certain things in regards to our meetings stuff like that you know mm -hmm. That would help, you know, give them, you know, pretend artificial deadlines that can sure. maybe also pretend help. Pretend artificial deadlines yep. <laughs> that, uh, you, that they can blow off. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that, that, not that you blow off, but I mean, you're on the hook to present at the beginning of the presentation, right? You're a small little group, so somebody's got to get that materials ready and, you know, then... I don't know. That's just the thinking I'm having. I don't know if it'd work or not. I don't. I don't really know. I mean, I I, I, I sway on this all the time. Like a good collaboration for like um, between you know where it's more formalized with a school and and the community. So like you could have um, students that really want to take the initiative to like learn and kind of network with professionals, and then you can get kind of a wider variety of people. But then there's some accountability with, um, you know, having staff and then, you know, the IGDA and, and presenting and things like that. Like, because I, I, otherwise I just think like the community projects are just always going to fall apart and people mm -hmm. are going to lose interest in them and they'll never get finished. Yeah, that's probably the case. I mean, that's been mm -hmm. numerous things I've been involved with in regards to community projects before. Um, I've become... <laughs> A little bit, I don't want to say jaded, but I guess my initial knee-jerk reaction is like, well, that'll never, end. it'll never be done, right? Mm -hmm. It's fun at first and just never, never happens to come to conclusion, but um, yeah, I don't know. Or like high school students or something too, or it would be a good um, collaborative effort there or, because I mean, otherwise, like it's just some pals getting together and kind of working on an idea and it's not really a community project in my mind you know no, I mean? no 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 yeah i guess i wouldn't call it a maybe community project isn't the right term then but uh, i think in the case of extinction fist it kind of kind of was mm -hmm. sort of mm -hmm. even though it was just a little group that pulled off the side but um yeah, i don't know just the way that i don't even know if it ties to the igda at all you know or the twin cities group at all other than that here's an outlet of where 
people of game developers just tend need to more hang stuff out. to do, Ryan. That's a, it's. A, <laughs> yeah. Hey, somebody give me some tasks so I can work on some game stuff. <laughs> well, that's one thing I don't. I you know I work on game stuff, but it's all remote. I tend to sit in front of my computer a lot. You know, it'd be nice to actually get together and code with people in an environment together. Or something. That would be the ultimate hope in my case, is to actually meet with people. And Why don't you quit your fancy engineering job and be a game designer? <laughs> oh, God. If I could. <laughs> you know, and one of the number one reasons is that I'm, I'm horrible at paperwork. I love technical details, but I hate politics and paperwork, and I just my eyes roll. I can't do it. You know, I don't do my own taxes because I cannot. I, I cannot pay attention to the damn things for more than I ten minutes. Do my own taxes. Just, you know. I, I haven't done my own taxes in, God, I don't know, fifteen years or something like that. I just. But it's very easy to find somebody to pay to do your taxes. It's not right. easy to find somebody to pay to do the, you know, the business development and everything else that comes with, with the, the overhead of a game company. We'll see. Engineering gig pays well. The only thing it steals from me is... is Your soul. Uh, is, sure. is sleep. And your phone if you're a visitor. But you yeah. do get it back. Yeah. So it's all good. yeah, at least you get your phone back. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll present a little something at the beginning of the meeting. We'll see if anybody bites sure. or, or what. Um, it's, I think it could be fun. I mean, I, I have something particularly in mind of some other communities, and I don't know what to exactly call it a community, but what some other groups have done as examples, so, and hopefully, like, expand on that same sort of thing. That's all I got to so, say about that, unless you guys got okay. any comments. Um, one thing would be to, to get some, hopefully, some momentum, at least, in one place or another, in the, maybe in the, the discussion forum that we have. Well, should I... Uh... Launch into the news item. Yeah, I heard uh, that you have a strange news item that you'd like to share <laughs> yes, with us. Yes, I am. I am waiting with bated breath. Well, you know, I um, I guess I'm just going to kind of continue on this role of input devices for video games. Um, I think they're very interesting. And there's this kind of explosion of different inputs people are exploring. So here's one I found pretty interesting. I'll just read a little snippet here. There's already a variety of ways to control a video game. And now artist Hye Yen Nam has one more. She's figured out how to roll an on-screen bowling ball with a lot of rapid tongue action. How does KISS controller work? It's done with magnets. One of the players provides sensor input with a small magnet stuck to the tongue, while the other wears a headset receiver that senses the direction and speed of that magnet. According <laughs> to Hye, the object of the game is to increase the speed of the ball by moving the tongue with faster while kissing. From what we can see in the video, which we'll provide a link for, I guess, this experimental adventure is either an art project or an excuse for this young artist inventor to do some very special research with her lab partner, or both. But who knows, maybe this research could lead to some unforeseen input device, maybe even the next Kinect or PlayStation Move. So, kissing game controller. Where there are they going to put magnets next? <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> so. oh, we all visualized that, didn't we? <laughs> but uh, it's this 
just what a bizarre idea. Because like the picture here is this couple kissing, and then there's this bowling ball on the screen, and um, so they can't look at the screen very well, <laughs> and it's it's very very not romantic at all. Um, but <laughs> I, I guess there's something about bowling and and um, and interfacing. I don't know. It's uh... a <laughs> oh my gosh. So, but I thought that was interesting. Crazy. I can't imagine playing that <laughs> a game that way. What if it was like gutter ball after gutter ball? Oh, after God. Gutter ball? <laughs> Would you just give up on that person and find someone else? Or, I mean, I just, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Like your tongue action sucks. It's <laughs> a whole professional league of yeah, kisser kiss play, kiss, kiss bowlers, like bowling with the champs kind of thing. Like... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, interesting stuff. I thought. Yeah, I wonder. So... Well, it's just somebody taking to a strange extreme the, the the controller concepts of yeah. Know. Have you ever seen that one that um? Somebody took a web camera, they stuck it on a stick, and they stuck it out their back, and then they wore a headset so that they could walk around the world in third person. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's pretty funny, actually. Yeah, so they had the goggles on, and, they're, yeah, and they dressed up like, a, like an anime character with crazy hair. <laughs> and then they ran around. And then the discussion was, you know, kind of how an out-of-body experience it ends up becoming, like... You know, the the, embar yeah. the embarrassment goes away to some extent because you don't feel like it's you anymore. And it's oh, kind of sure. interesting. I've always wanted to try that. It'd be kind of interesting to see. You know, just run around the world and you get to see behind you. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, you just get to something and you just keep trying to jump over it. You can't quite make it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thanks for the strange news item there, the... Uh, <laughs> kiss controller yeah, thanks for listening thanks for listening <laughs> i love it <laughs> oh well all right well thanks for uh chatting with me tonight it's a bit different than the the long-winded episode we had last month <laughs> our epic yeah, yeah epic. epic e3 episode yeah <laughs> still got lots to say about that <laughs> i bet you do oh gosh We'll save it, though, won't we, Ryan? <laughs> yeah, well, it's just going to build up until next year. I mean, <laughs> you know, I hadn't, hadn't said it at all, but this is our, uh, our half-year episode. So we've That's been doing true. this. This is episode seven, but this is our, you know, the first episode of the next half-year. Aw. Aw. That's like an anniversary of some kind. I know. We should have that for, like, our one year. We should, we should do something special, you guys. I think so too. Oh, we should a, a video cast. Maybe, no. yeah. Where we all dress up in anime characters and and do it. In <laughs> and we go bowling, and then we talk about <laughs> cards. It'll be great. I like it. I like it. Um, <laughs> I guess I'll close by saying uh, I hope to see you at the next meeting. Um, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, there's ways to get a hold of us on email. Uh, look at the igdatc.org website. And if you have any questions or comments, suggestions for content, uh, please find one of those outlets to let us know. Hope to see you or hear from you. 
Good night. Goodbye. I hate saying good night. Have a good evening, folks. Have a good yep. evening. Thanks for listening, everyone. Take care. We'll try to find the lady that's doing the kiss controller. <laughs> and try to get one of those urinals. There we go. It's all good then. Well, you've got um you've got some things on your plate now, Tori. Yeah, I do. <laughs> <Two organs>. you <laughs> know, Ooh, you gotta combine them together. Kiss and pee. On it. Kiss and pee. God. That sounds like a Wii game though, doesn't it? Kiss and pee. Kiss and pee. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there is Kissy Poo on the XMA <laughs> indie games. What if you... Never mind. I'm not even going to say it. I'm not going to say it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'll say it. I'll, I'll be editing this part out anyway. It's all good. No, you won't. I was just thinking, <laughs> like, the, uh, like, what if, like, your kissing part would throw off the stream so, like, you could, like, totally, like... Screw things up. Like it would be kind of like it. It, it would be like this challenge, but I am, um, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> it's you know I was looking for a link to your article from the P article. You know, oh. <laughs> and um, I actually found there's not. It's not the only game out there that you pee. <laughs> <laughs> there's competition, huh? Yeah, there's stuff on YouTube of. Of people peeing, and it's, <laughs> they're literally standing on a stage playing a game. <laughs> what? It's in like Denmark wow. or something. It's just crazy. Wow. Yeah, and of course it was totally you know the local news twist with the sure. you know to get noticed kind of thing. But yeah, right. maybe in the next business presentation we put something about how don't put you know don't mar- put your whole marketing around pee. <laughs> maybe something good to do I mean you'll get some buzz but not the kind that you want <laughs> yeah if you mark it on P you're in for it that's all I'm saying oh gosh my brain is like stuck on a track infection joke like you're not on the right track kiss, kiss and piss kiss and piss <laughs> Why did the game Hump and Dump just come to mind? <laughs> oh, nasty. <laughs> hump and Dump. <laughs> There's got to be a game there. That would definitely get noticed in the news. <laughs> First, you have to talk them into humping, and then you have to dump them. <laughs> talk baby <laughs> yeah. uh, no see i was i was picturing taking a dump because we were talking about pee so <laughs> oh no yeah, yeah, no. That's i was like um that's really gross <laughs> but that's exactly how i got to it but <laughs> <laughs> oh,
<laughs> oh, it's terrible. <laughs> it really is. Oh, God. It's pretty I've cool. heard a lot about it, but I, I don't have cable, that kind of cable. Long yeah. story short, they had a video of a guy running off a dock, jumping into the water and pooping as he flew. <laughs> <laughs> do that <laughs> she can i don't know why would Quite... you do that well i could in high school like like that like did... <laughs> does he poop his pants like what oh he's naked he just... oh okay he goes into the cannonball position and as he leaves oops starts coming out <laughs> oh this is so disgusting Right over here. <laughs> oh my god. Was it just you guys seen Jackass? I think it was Jackass. Didn't Steve O like take a whole bunch of laxatives and then go jogging just so he could tap <laughs> and jog? <laughs> I, w- I would not be unsurprised. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Know. Oh gross. Why <laughs> would you do that to yourself? Why? Why? Uh, why are poop jokes the funniest? Why? I don't know. But they're just so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's that time of night for Tori where he goes crazy. We've yeah, ventured I'd a new day. It. I lost it. I need to take my meds. That's probably what the problem is. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, gosh. Well, that was good. 